Great Lakes State to the Michigan Talk Network. It's Wild Michigan with your host, Duran Martinez. Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Happy 2023. We're back from our little bit of a break. Very happy to have you, everybody here and back. Hopefully, you're all made it through the the Christmas and the New Year uh, safely. And want to thank our friends again from Not Just Guns, Cedar Street 127 in Mason for joining us into 2023, as well as Conquest Sense out of Davison, Michigan, for jumping on board with us as well. We're very happy to have them back uh, for a whole nother year. As uh, we will be doing some different things, we'll talk about that as the show progresses. But I wanted to start the show off uh, on something that uh, a, a started tragic, tragic, but it's turning positive. But yet there's still still some tragic undertones to it. Um, four years ago, November, we reported on a, a gentleman who was out hunting in the Rose Lake area uh, of Bath Township, deer hunting, uh, the firearm deer season, by the name of Chong Yang, and he was found murdered. Not, not accidentally shot, but murdered. And we say this because that's what the police report said. And when you kill somebody, take their firearm, take their backpack, and leave them behind, that is murdered. Now, the Bath Township Police, the Michigan State Police, and the FBI all involved together on this four-year journey to find and apprehend the people responsible. Well, that has happened on the 22nd of December. We reported it on our Facebook page. And, of course, we've been following this, talking with the family uh, for the past four years, but Thomas Olson, 34, of Grand Blank Township, and Robert Rodway of St. John's were arrested by the Michigan State Police fugitive team for the 2018 cold case homicide of Chong Yang. Uh, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel had announced then. And again, we know that we're announcing this into the new year. It was a couple of weeks ago, but still more happy for the family of Mr. Young, we cannot be. Okay? And and we have, like I said, we've been in contact with this family over the past four years trying to find answers and help them get closure for this and take the next step in closing this chapter. Unfortunately, there are now two more families that are affected by the selfish acts of two individuals. Okay? So now... We keep them, which I'm sure they're shocked. I'm sure they're surprised at, at what took place. And we will not consider them guilty until the justice system has found them as such. Okay? There is evidence. It's all, you know, again, hats off to the FBI, the Michigan State Police, especially the Bath Township Police, which, you know, look, a very small, small agency, a bunch of great guys. I've happened to know some of them over the years personally, uh, and they were fantastic people. So, again, very happy to have that all out and, and the ball rolling and, the you know, the direction of justice. So we're going to start off with that. And now we're going to go a little bit more upbeat. We're going to go to my good friend, Mark Sack, outdoor writer and all around good guy, a fellow outdoorsman. Mark, welcome. Happy New Year, sir. 
you as well. Thank you, sir. Happy happy to have you here, man. And you know what's funny? <laughs> um, the other day I was looking out. I mean, we've had, I can't tell you how many gray days we've had in a row. And I'm thinking, you know what? There's no snow on the ground. It's a bit warmer out. What better time to get out and do some rabbit hunting? I know we don't have snow, but still, you don't need it. And I think, for the most part, many, many folks wait until after the new year until they start bunny hunting. You know, and it's, it's God, that's the first, it's the first small game that I ever hunted. I remember that hunt like it was yesterday, and I was 12 years old at the time. At a 410, single shot. Uh, interesting story about that. My uncle took me out. My dad was picking corn at the same time. A nice rabbit jumped up in front of us, um, darting around the, the, the picked rows of corn. I shot at him, probably missed him by 12 yards. I, I, all I can remember is my uncle laughing. <laughs> 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 so we all have some great, great, great memories of bunny hunting. Um, I actually talked to a fellow this morning. He's a good friend of mine, and he's a walleye fisherman, and he, he really does it all. He, you know, goes from season to season like the rest of us usually do. But he's a huge, huge, huge rabbit hunter. So I got a great report from him this morning. Um, it's a good year for rabbits and hares. Um, Will Hall um, lives up by Midland. He actually um, just got back from a trip from Mississippi to pick up two more hounds, two Ooh. more beagles. So that'll tell you how, how much Will is into the rabbit hunting. And um, he's been hunting with his boys right along, and he sends pictures and he posts a few on Facebook. They're the best pictures ever because how can you beat having two Little a brace of beagles with some young kids um, with a bunch of rabbits, you know. And um, go ahead. No, no, no. Please go ahead. Well, and you know, Will, I asked him, "How's it? How is it? How's the hair this year?" He says, "You know what? It's a good year." He says, "We've we've had a lot of luck." Um, he says, "Really, uh, they're up Sheboygan County where they do a lot of their hair hunting." He says, "It's been a great season so far." He says, "Last year it fell off." We didn't have a really good season. It was very sporadic. He says, but this year we've done extremely well. Um, he says, Cottontail is very, very good. Um, really, everywhere that we've been. And he hunts, I mean, he does. He'll hunt from Sheboygan all the way down to the Lansing area. And and I know from being in mid-Michigan over here, we've got rabbits everywhere over here. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen as many rabbits as we have right now um in the thumb we just we've had an explosion here so um we could certainly use some some thinning out because um there i mean i've i've had them in my garden last the last over the last summer and they just eat everything right and you know how it is with rabbits they cycle um so we'll see a crash again here soon either way but right now is a prime opportunity to get your kids out with a 410 single shot and go get yourself Okay, Mark Sack is joining us here on Wild Michigan. Mark, I want to say I was a little luckier because I was out with my uh, my Remington 410 Wingmaster that I got for uh, Christmas. 
uh, at oh, the same nice. the same age of uh, I think I was twelve, and I, I went out rabbit hunting with my dad. You know, I'd kicked up a rabbit. Of course, I, you know, you make that quick draw, but you're twelve. You didn't take the safety off, so you didn't get a shot at it. Um, and and how rabbits would rabbits do? A lot of people may or may not know. You know, they circle. So this one went around me, came back right out in front of me to see what I was, and and that was his undoing. It was one shot. It jumped up, flopped, done. I mean, that quick. And then I was like, oh, my God. You know, <laughs> that that look of I just got my, my first anything, you know, with, with a real gun, you doing oh, yeah. some real hunting. And, you know, I mean, a lot, a lot kind of goes through your mind. You know, you go back to the movie uh, about Chris Kyle. You know, you're you're taking another beating heart. And stopping it forever, you know that whole thing went through my mind as a twelve-year-old kid standing over my first rabbit. Now, mind you, I got over it quick, <laughs> but that for young people is, you know, I, I preach the the first two things about hunting, learning to hunt in small game is squirrel hunting for patience, rabbit hunting for for accuracy. Because they both teach you so much. And to have that, you know, to have that go off um, when you're that early. I mean, sitting waiting for a huge buck is great. But you know what? The marksmanship of squirrel hunting and rabbit hunting are second to none. We're going to come back more with Mark Sack here. Sorry to drag that show out for so long, Mark. But we're going to talk about snowshoe. I want to get with you on that next here on Wild Michigan. It sits above the mantel on a couple rusty nails. And it's worth a bunch of money, but it damn sure ain't for sale. The good Lord only knows all the stories it can tell. Granddaddy's gone. Welcome back to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Happy to have you here all over the Michigan Talk Network. Our website, wildmichiganradio.com. Find us on Facebook as well. Uh, we're going to be doing a new segment, a couple of new segments uh, coming up this year. We're going to do our Ask, ask, the, uh, ask the Experts type thing uh, where you can ask Doug Roberts, ask the deer professor if you've got deer questions. Uh, we'll do that about once a month. We're going to ask the American Archer with Tom Nelson and ask Bro about ice fishing. So if you've got questions you will uh, like to uh, have answered, by all means, reach out to us via our website. You can pick up our email there, which is outdoormailbag at gmail.com, or uh, we'll, we'll have a special email for you to uh, be able to answer uh, before long. So uh, right now, I want to get back to our good friend Mark Sack on the Conquest Sense Hotline. Uh, Mark, I want to talk a little bit about snowshoe because that's something I've never hunted and would love to. I know they're fast. I know they're bigger uh, than, than your standard rabbit. Uh, and right now, as they have their winter coat, that white coat, they've got to stand out like sore thumbs, And depending on the area, because if there's no snow in that area, it, it's going to be. But maybe not. Well, absolutely. And 
you know, that's that's one of the times that you'll see a lot of guys really hunting them hard is when there isn't any snow, because obviously it's easier for the hunter and easier for the dogs. Um, but you know, um, the snowshoes have it; they have quite a range when they're pushed. I mean, so it's it is a step up from cottontails. Certainly, I mean, it's harder to to hunt them. Um, but you know, they are just as delicious in Haas and Buffer, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think what we've seen over the last 10 to 15 years in Michigan is that you've seen a, a real swing in the populations of, of snowshoe. I know some really good friends of mine hunted in Fairview for years and years and years and basically stopped after a while because the population was so low up there. And I know that there's still pockets here and there, you know, but overall the population has crashed. So it's very, very good to hear that um, they're, you know, snowshoes are, are still there. They're making a good comeback. It's actually a decent year this year. I know that, you know, um, a lot of guys that kind of know how to hunt those little creatures you know, basically we'll pick the stands with young standing trees that are a little bit smaller, um, not the big swamps because, you know, snowshoe run and run and run, um, take a big track and it's, you know, it's very, you don't want to wait two and a half hours um, to, to try to get a shot. So those smaller stands are actually um, a little more manageable for quicker shots because that that rabbit will cycle back around and, and you know you you'll see it a lot quicker than you do if your dog has to chase it for you know five miles. <laughs> you know? Right. You know it's it's funny when people I, I've heard because I've never I've never hunted snowshoe before but the difference between hare and rabbit aside from the size uh, legs I mean these things are way faster uh, because of conditions um, you know and 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 they're more adept to hiding than cottontails. Yeah, and I think that they're in a real predator zone up there. I mean, here, it was pretty interesting because I thought I was, you know, at my, my cottage this summer, and I thought I had a groundhog underneath the cottage. And <laughs> I went after that thing with everything I had, you know, and I and I put a live trap out and I ended up with a, with a cottontail on it. And I'm going, what in the world? What are you doing in there? And the crazy thing, it was just a young one. So here I picked the cage up, and he's still eating the carrots in there while I picked the cage up. He didn't even care. And, and I took him around the corner, and I dumped him out, and I let him go. And I covered the hole back up and set, set my trap again. And I come back the next day, he's in it again, you know. They dig holes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a cottontail will dig a hole in a heartbeat. Um, and I think, you know, um, we, we're used to thinking brush piles with rabbits, you know. Um, but they have holes, too. And my dad always used to say, he'd look outside, at, he says, oh, the rabbits are out of their holes today. Right, right. So, you know, and obviously when you're talking up north, you're talking so much more cover anyways. I mean, I'm in farmland down here, so we've, that's, I think that's a real reason why rabbits adapt is because they don't have the cover here. And so they, they, they have a lot more holes that they work on through the year where up there, you've got some really big cedar swamps with a lot of blowdowns. I mean, we couldn't, as humans, we couldn't even walk through that cedar swamp. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't even dare doing it where, you know, um, we don't see that down here very much. 
So I think you've got some great cover in a lot of areas up there that um, really provide that, that needed cover from predators because pretty tough for a hawk to zoom down and get a snowshoe um, in a cedar swamp. Absolutely. Mark Sack is our guest joining us on the Conquest Sense hotline. Uh, Mark, you know, I've even seen and heard of people creating uh, brush piles so they can hunt rabbits, a a rabbitat, if you will. Uh, Just, you know, to to have that that, uh, table fare handy when they want it, because they will you know, congregate to places like that. Oh yeah. And your Christmas tree is your, is your best start with that. Um, a lot of guys want to take their trees and put them in their lake and use them for crappie structure and all that. Mm-hmm. I don't like Christmas trees for that because they collect that sediment on them. So if you, if you immediately touch it with anything, now you've got all the sediment floating in the water. They're best to put them in your, in the corner of your wood lot and stack them. You know, and, and if you're back there chainsawing or cutting anything up for all your branches on top of that old pine tree, um, it's just wonderful. I've got, I'm tell you right now, I've got probably 12 different pine trees in a stack back there. And I can walk back there immediately and see a rabbit run through that somewhere. So it's, it's you know, it's fun. I mean, I like to, I actually like to see them um, and I'm not necessarily hunting them every day, right? Um, but I but I've went back to it. I do hunt them now. Um, it was interesting. I took my 410 that I still have, my single shot, and I was going to see if I could get a rabbit with my old 410. And it was hilarious because it's so short that I almost threw it over my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, it's like holy mackerel, is this thing small? You know. Um, because you're used to shooting 12 gauges and all, uh, you know, that good stuff. And it's, uh, take a trip back, take your 410 out. You'll have a riot with it. I could tell you right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I know what you mean because, you know, it, after a couple of days of slinging my, my auto five <laughs> over my shoulder and then going to my, my 410, it's like, you know, you, you darn near throw it gone. You know what I mean? Because yeah. nine pounds versus a couple, you know, it, it's, it's quite funny, but you know, it, it's, it's really good to talk about things like this. I mean, I don't know what other shows are doing. I don't pay attention to other shows, but, um, rabbit hunting you know we we want to i i guess when we think about things like this sometimes mark i i want to rekindle that small game fire because so many of us have gotten away from it with with the deer season you know it's it's the be all end all of the big buck and we've had some great years for big bucks you know and and we have that ability to get the kids out at any time now but I don't want to lose sight of the beginnings of where we started so they don't lose sight of it. Yeah, I just saw I just saw online uh, one of the, the big hunting pros in the country that is seven-year-old, and he's got this giant buck that he shot, you know. You can say Lee and, uh, because he's a friend. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you saw it too then. My wife, and, first thing this you know, morning, she's like, look what look what they got. I'm like, yeah, where's he going to go from there? <laughs> well, that's kind of it too, you know. And, and I am also an advocate of taking your kid out rabbit hunting first. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah. You know, I mean, they're going to get there. They'll get their deer, but keep right. them on those bunnies. Absolutely. Mark Sack, appreciate you joining us. More coming your way. Full, busy show for this first part of the year. I'm Duran Martinez being brought to you by Not Just Guns. We are Wild Michigan.
listening to my main man, Duran Martinez, on Wild Mission. Rifle in a gun rack, hanging in the back, blast a knife on my belt, ain't no lamp for sale. Welcome back to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez, 2023. My gosh, it's so weird to say those numbers. You know, I like the 19s better, but then again, I wouldn't have a producer if that was the case. Oh, gravy. Uh, good to have everybody here. Thanks to Mark Sack for joining us. Thanks to Not Just Guns, Cedar Street 127 in Mason, notjustguns.com. Watch for their Thursday night auctions. Over a thousand items uh, on the last one. I, I think they're just crazy, crazy with their auctions. And you can find the best deals absolutely there, notjustguns.com. And right now, via the Conquest Sense hotline, Bill Parker, editor, Michigan Outdoor News, and working with Showspan as well, because we've got the ultimate fishing show, Detroit, coming back here to the uh, Suburban Collection Showplace. As long as they didn't change the name to that place, I'm still good. Happening Thursday, January 12th, to kick off the whole thing through the 15th. And Bill Parker, welcome, sir. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Duran. How are you? I'm doing good to talk with you. You as well, Bill. And and we don't talk often enough, but you're a a busy, busy guy with Michigan Outdoor News and with Showspan because we have the upcoming uh, Ultimate Fishing Show Detroit. And, and boy, I tell you what, people are are asking me questions about the show, uh, about what it's going to entail, how it's going to look this year because we had that time off, and then we had the 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 following year, which I don't know if everybody was able to get in because of the COVID restrictions last year. But here we are now. The world is okay all of a sudden for some reason. <laughs> I know. Back to normal. Thank heavens. Finally. Absolutely. So what do yeah, we got shaking up? Surprisingly, Duran, this is our 40th annual Ultimate Fishing Show. Wow. This is our 40th year that they've held this show. And it is the biggest pure fishing show, freshwater fishing show in the largest freshwater fishing market in the world. Um, Metro Detroit has more fishermen per capita than any other um, area, you know, that's that's uh, similar in the country and in the world. So it's the largest, largest uh, fishing per capita and largest fishing show. So a lot of good things going on out there, and, and we'll kick it off on Thursday, as you said, the 12th. Um, the, the show is back on track. Um, we were a little bit down last year, as you mentioned, because of COVID. There were still some restrictions. The Canadian outfitters had a really tough time getting down here, mm-hmm. um, and some people just shied away for you know for general reasons um, due to COVID. Um, but all those restrictions have been lifted. We're back on track. We've got a full slate of, of uh, exhibitors and seminar speakers and we're uh, we're looking really really looking forward to having a wonderful show and uh, and being back on track again this year no i'm looking forward to it because look we get so accustomed to doing the shows the the, the show dogs the guys and gals that do the shows every year they make that circuit the people that look forward to it this is the first chance to get out of the uh, of the house essentially to, to gather and congregate and talk about the upcoming fishing year which technically is still going on on saginaw bay according to my friend scott goins because he was there on sunday <laughs> caught a couple oh of huge ones and and let him go but um and i think with the weather looking like it's going to be uh that this is going to be a really good turnout because i don't see any you know big uh snowmageddon 2023 coming our way anytime soon 
Right, and with the, this warm spell that we've had recently and the rain that we've had, it just ripped the heck out of the ice down here, so the ice fishing season probably won't be started yet. Um, there will be, as you mentioned, a little bit of open water, um, but that's tough to get to. Um, so people that are itching and, and chomping at the bit to get out fishing and they can't get out, come on over to the show. Got a lot of fishing. It's all fishing. Speakers are all about fishing. All the exhibits are about fishing. A lot of gear, a lot of tackle, boats. If you're looking for a boat, now's the time to buy it so that it'll be ready to go You know when, uh, when open water arrives. So we've got uh, we've got a full slate, um, seven seven acres worth uh, at Suburban Collection Showplace over in Novi, and on Thursday um, we've got Kevin Van Dam back again. He's going to kick the show off for us Thursday night. As far as the seminar speakers go, and Kevin is always a fantastic speaker, gives a lot of great advice, and he's very approachable. Um, people just love it when he comes to the show. Um, so he he kicks off our seminars on Thursday, and on Sunday Mark Zona is back again as well. Another Michigan native. Both of those are two Michigan guys that have really made their name huge in the bass fishing industry. Um, and Mark as well is very approachable and gives some very good seminars, a lot of good information and good tips on tactics and things. So those are our two uh, headliners on our seminar speakers. And like I say, Kevin will be there Thursday and Mark will be there on Sunday. That's going to be great. You know, and I say this every time I talk about Kevin Van Dam. I love the guy. He's very, very nice. But when you talk to him, don't think he's not paying attention to you. The guy's thinking about where he's fishing next, how he's going to do it, and what he's going to use. Plain and simple. He's listening to you with like 1% of his brain. But the other ninety nine percent is is on the next cast, and, and it's just how he how he works, you know. And it's it's really funny to, to see it. And I, I thought it was me <laughs> the first time I met him, but then it, then you get to learn to to know somebody a little bit better. And he's just so methodic when it comes to fishing. He really is. He really is. And you can, you know, you can talk to him for five minutes and become a better fisherman just like that. I mean, he's just so tuned in and so, uh, you know, geared up for everything that is bass fishing and just fishing in general. Um, and really got just a wealth of information to share with everybody at the show. He does. And, and you know what? He's, uh, he's one of these guys that's, that's going to fill that, uh, that area where he's speaking. And rightfully yeah, so. He's he does. He gets very nice crowds. I mean, he's the only guy that's won a Bassmaster Classic with like five pounds. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and four times he's he's been the classic winner. He's still the, um, you know, the biggest money winner. He's made over six million dollars bass fishing. Um, been angler of the year seven times, classic champion four times. Um, he uh, he knows his stuff. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he and, definitely knows his stuff. And, and really, Bill, when it, when people talk about a guy from Michigan, I've talked to Bill Dance about this, about you know this guy from Michigan came in out of nowhere to this this quote unquote Southern boy sport. Uh, right. He really, I mean, he really kind of paved the way for for other guys as well from out of that southern area. Yeah, because, you know, up until the arrival, really, of Kevin Van Dam, the tournament bass fishing was really dominated by guys from the south, and most of the tournaments were held in the south. Um, they have a much longer growing season. The fish grow bigger down there. You know, a five-pounder up here is a is a really, really nice bass, and down there it's kind of like, oh, geez, I need something bigger. <laughs> right, know? right. Um, but, yeah, for uh, for for a northern guy to come down and uh, just turn the turn the whole thing on its head was, was really shocking to a lot of 
of those guys, and they took notice right away. Who is this new guy? You know, Bill Parker joining us here, editor of Michigan Outdoor News, talking about the Ultimate Fishing Show Novi. I'm sorry, Ultimate Fishing Show Detroit in Novi coming up on the 12th, which is Thursday through the 15th. Uh, Bill, now when we we talk about tackle specific. Um, Detroit. I'm going I'm to focus on the Detroit River right there because the walleye run in Michigan and the Detroit River in the spring is second to none. And a lot of these specific colors that people like to use, you will only find in those Detroit uh, River area bait shops. And a lot of those people come there with those rigs and jigs ready to buy. Yes, they do, and that really is a big attraction for a lot of guys that come to the show. Um, just for the, exactly what you said, it's kind of a one-stop one shop, one shopping for a lot of these um, lures that you can't find them at Walmart and you can't find them at Bass Pro Shops. They're, um, you know, very specific um, and, and very, um, you know, classics. And um, there's a, a ton of manufacturer. We've got hundreds of, of exhibitor booths um, with gear like that and, uh, and other fish gear, rods and reels, and, um, you know, boat equipment and electronics, and you name it, we'll have it there. Um, Ice Fishing Village is, is another big, huge attractor. Um, and a shanty truckload sale. There'll be really good deals on ice fishing gear. There'll be um, a lot of the exhibitors, Fraybill, Clam, um, and many others will be there with manufacturer reps. You can talk to them about their equipment and about their gear and what makes it click and, you know, the best way to, to get the most for your bang for your buck out of it all. Um, so, yeah, really there's something there for everyone, for every, every fish that swims in Michigan. Um, we've got speakers. We've got gear. We've got people to talk about. Um, you know, to, to get you out on the water or out on the ice and, uh, and up your game a little bit. All right, Bill Parker, Michigan Outdoor News. Show Span will be joining us in the next segment. We're going to find out what's coming up in the next edition of Michigan Outdoor News. I'm Duran Martinez, your host for Wild Michigan on the Michigan Talk Network. Steel. Hey, Michiganiacs, this is your blood brother Ted Nugent celebrating the almighty Michigan spirit of the wild with my blood brother Duran Martinez on Wild Michigan. Go wild. Welcome back to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Very happy to have you back here for another year of the show. Thanks to our friends at Not Just Guns. Thanks to our friends at Conquest Sense bringing you the show. And right now, back to Bill Parker, editor of Michigan Outdoor News. And uh, we, we ended and started the year with kind of good news, but kind of bad news at the same time. It was good news for the Yang fa- the Young family. Um uh, of the Lansing area who lost their father. We thought, you know, we knew it wasn't a hunting accident when he came up uh, dead in out at Rose Lake in Bath Township uh, during the firearm deer season four years ago. Uh, he was found murdered because his backpack, his gun was gone. They now have two in custody tied to that. Thanks to the Bath Township Police Department. Thanks to the Michigan State Police and the FBI for putting all of this together. And now we will let justice prevail. And Bill, um, this is something you guys uh, have reported on as well. 
Yes, we uh, we have followed that story. Um, very sad, absolutely, as you as you mentioned. You know, a real sad story, um, and and a terrible story, uh, nonetheless, too. Um, but thank goodness for uh, you know persistence and and good work on all the police departments and and uh, law enforcement divisions that you talked about. That they do have two men in custody, um, and they have actually a uh, probable cause hearing later today. Um, and we do have a reporter that's going to follow up on that, so we will have a follow-up on that in the next edition of Michigan Outdoor News and keep everybody abreast of uh, how that prosecution goes and, and uh, you know, what the final results are from that. But uh, uh, bittersweet, uh, like you said, it, uh, good news that they caught somebody, but uh, a very sad story all the way around. Uh, Mr. Chong was 60, 63 years old, I believe, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, loved to hunt and was out hunting one day. And uh, unfortunately, he, he never came home that night and his family started looking for him and called the police on a missing persons report. And they, they found his body. And like you mentioned, you know, half of his hunting gear had been stolen. So they knew right away that it wasn't a hunting accident. It was it was a deliberate act of, uh, of murder. Yeah, it, it's sad. You know, the um, and if you ever saw the movie Gran Torino. Okay, Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, the young lady in that movie is from Lansing, uh, which is really cool. Uh, but but they are a Hmong family. Okay, much like Mister Mister mm-hmm. Young, they're a Hmong family as well. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cast any what my thoughts are as to why he was killed. Okay, it could have been anybody, but it just happens that he was Hmong. And I know the Hmong families in our community are very, very big into the, the, the outdoors, hunting and fishing. You know, and, and I've been talking with the family back and forth. And we have, I don't know why this felt so personal to me. I mean, I really didn't have any stake in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess as a community, as sportsmen and women, we love what we do so much and, and we take pride in what we do we soak a lot of money into what we do and to have something like that cast this dark shadow people paint a really uh, paint us with a really broad brush when that comes into play and, and i think that's what really angered me more than anything is you know you've taken a a good community of people all the way around and just hit us with this big dark mark yes absolutely yeah, it's it's pretty sad, um, and you know, as a as a sport, hunting is is very safe. Um, you know, injuries and and deaths um, in during the hunting seasons are far less than snowmobiling and boating and and you know a lot of other um, activities that people do. Um, but it only takes one incident like that too to really cast a, a shadow over the, the whole the whole hunting industry. Well, um, and then you know, people who don't know any better start saying you know goofy things well of course he was out hunting that's not very safe it really is safe you know when people follow the rules and and you know do it properly it's a very safe activity and and you know of course we all enjoy it and we all know that but the general public sometimes gets a misconception of uh, of hunting and incidents like this certainly don't help it at all well you know and and i'm, I'm just going to take this one step further and i'll leave it here this is just me being me but the millions of us out there with firearms every year as often as we are and and that kind of count is so low 
okay, it's not the gun. <laughs> and I'm going to leave it right there. Right. Uh, other other things right. going on. Well said. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, other things going on in Michigan Outdoor <laughs> News, which is my favorite publication, by the way. It always has been. And not because you're here, but because oh, it you. is. I, I like the old school <laughs> newspaper form, and, and it's just it's just fun. It's a great, a lot of great writers involved. Yes, very much so. And actually, we are kicking off today. Um, we, in the past, have shied away from putting our print stories on our website. And we are starting today to add that to our website. Um, people will be able to get, you know, current and, and updated stories um, as they come out. Um, we're going to run it for free for several weeks just to kind of give everybody a good taste of it. And then we will have paid subscriptions that people can get um, and get their outdoor news news um you know a lot sooner than than we do on our every two week schedule with the print publication so some big news um for us in our industry we do have digital vision editions that are available now but we're really kicking off a big thing with our new uh new live updated web pages um that i think people will really enjoy as we unfold those and get those out to the public that's cool i look for i look forward to that i mean i always like going to the mailbox and getting your paper but you know, this will be this will be cool. As, as much as I have fought the digital thing when it comes to reading news, I, I find myself doing so I more. I, I don't I don't subscribe to anybody yet, but you'd be my first. <laughs> <laughs> and and we still have our print publication too. Comes out every other week, and it's all Michigan news, all hunting and fishing and trapping. So we're not going to change that at all. We're just offering it in another uh, another opportunity for people to get it. And the beautiful thing is too, Bill, and I'm going to say this tug in cheek, is it nothing happens if your newspaper falls into the toilet while you're reading. It's a it's a win win. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's a hell of a way to start the year but i, I always have so much fun with you guys man i, I really do <laughs> it's always fun talking with you duran also well, Bill, always a good time i know i, I know you've got a, a super busy schedule of course we've got the ultimate fishing show coming up uh thursday the 12th through sunday the 15th doors open at one o'clock i do believe at the suburban collection show place on thursday uh, i'll be going through the weekend oh real quickly Correct. before i forget are, are you doing any kind of fish fry or anything there this week Yes, um, there is a fish fry. Um, we have that every year. Um, the Suburban Collection actually puts that on, but people can get walleye and fries, and it's a really good meal. Um, so bring your appetite with you when you come to the show. And on Thursday night, if you want to get in for free, um, we do have a special going with the Sportsman Against Hunger. Um, if you bring four boxes or cans of non-perishable goods um, to the show with you, we'll, uh, we'll give you a free ticket for admission, and that food will all be donated to charities and homeless shelters uh, right here in Michigan. It all stays local, and uh, it's a really good thing that Michigan sportsmen do, that sportsmen against hunger. You can donate venison. You can make monetary donations. And at the show, like I say, if you bring uh, four canned goods or four boxes of non-perishable food, you can get a free ticket and, uh, and see the show for free. That, that's, that's on Thursday. Thursday night. Thursday night. Well, we're going to put this up early so people can get it uh, ahead of the show. And um, well, yeah, it's always up. It's always up early. But uh, but again, Bill, we appreciate you joining us here on the show. I know you got a million things going on. Thanks so much for your um, 
your continued efforts to bring us the news in the outdoors here and your great writers. Thanks to all of you guys. Uh, a happy new year to you and your family. And, and believe me, as I mentioned to you on the phone the other day, it's always good to be hearing you after, you know, your incident. So the more we can get out of you this year, the better we're going to be. Yeah, I'm good to be back. I did take quite a fall a couple of years ago, and uh, things have, by the grace of God, I've heal, healed up really nicely, and uh, I don't have any complaints. I'm glad to be back. You know, <laughs> good how, to be here talking with you, Duran. You, you too, Bill. You know, it's funny how we reference it as a couple of years ago because we were shut down for so long. That means technically, Bill, we haven't aged in a couple of years. It was like a timeout. And we're just getting better. That's right. I'll, I'll buy that. That sounds good. I'm with you. All right, man. I appreciate it. But Michigan Outdoor News, look for them online. Look for them on their socials. And again, they've got that free trial coming up as well. So you can get the stories ahead of time online. So, Bill Parker, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Duran. Always a pleasure. And have a happy new year. And let's go fishing this year. Yes, definitely. I, I, I promise we're going to do something this year. So it'll now I have to do it. Sounds good. It's only January. Bill Parker, Michigan <laughs> Outdoor News. Mark That's right. We've got time. <laughs> Mark Sack, Outdoor Rider. Man, we're going to have a great show today. Coming up, we've got Ed Shaw talking about the hard water ice fishing school or hard water fishing school. And we're going to talk a little pike spearing with Keith Stanton, because we're going to get ice, right? It's Wild Michigan. Thanks to our friends at Not Just Guns and Conquest Sense. More coming your way on the Michigan Talk Network.